Yes or no? It says recording. recording. Yeah, we're, we're recording. Okay. So where were we? Well, this is August 2nd, 2021. Let's just, uh, you know, start that way. Um, where were we? Well, we, I think we were talking about rhythmicity and recruitment and that kind of thing, or was that an earlier? Well, that was that was related to it. Um, so, uh, and then focus, and well, I guess what we were like exploring was the different roles that uh, uh, different kinds of like uh, rhythmic or or like more or less rhythmic or arrhythmic or more or less ordered or disordered processes could have like in biology and then trying to work our way around to understanding how these things relate to um, affect, pleasure, pain, and consciousness. And so like trying to go from like, what are the principles of dynamic adaptive order in biology? And what can they tell us about the nature of experience? It seems like the general shapes was a big space we were exploring. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I mean, what, what, when you talk about uh, order um, and uh, the, 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 it's the idea of, of uh, <clears throat> an optimal level, uh, because <clears throat> if, it, if it gets too ordered, then that's a seizure. When everything is, when there's massive uh, synchronous firing of neurons, then that that is uh, that's a seizure, and it's uh, that is maladaptive because uh, what is what sounds like, seems to me like what is what is required in the idea of ordering is uh, um, an optimal degree of uh, of ordering and diversity. I mean, a diversity of, uh, like, you know, uh, being in your own, in yourself, being aware of yourself, but also being aware of the environment. And uh, so that is a, an optimal level of functioning, as opposed to hypersynchrony, which would be a seizure <clears throat> in which everything is... Uh, it, it, you you can you you need a certain degree of diversification of awareness, an optimal uh, diversification of awareness. But in a seizure, it's all it's all all something, and that's that's suboptimal because it's it's and and you know I keep I keep thinking I, I think one of the most uh, uh, important concepts for me is uh, the the uh, work that uh, Donald Lindsley did uh, where he um, explained the change in EEG pattern from sleep to arousal and what he was saying what and, and it was I think because what he 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 explained it in terms of um, activity in subpopulations of neurons. And 
if if there's like one big population of neurons all doing the same thing, that is a seizure. Um, and in sleep, there are large, the 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 there are relatively few and large subpopulations of neurons. Geographic, um, he, you know, he has like a geographical map on the on the brain on the cortex, where um, so there are the the sub there are relatively few subdivisions, and they're firing at different phases. So that generates a high amplitude slow wave. When you do the algebraic sum of those several subpopulations, relatively few subpopulations, there. Um, and you, you algebraically sum the, the um, depolarizations, say, you get um, large amplitude because it's, it's large populations firing together uh, and relatively slow because when you add all the phases together, there are relatively few phases. So the whole thing, you have large amplitude because of synchrony and relatively slow waves because you have several subpopulations at different phases. But then during arousal, what happens as in his idea is that those relatively few, so, so, so you get a delta wave say in sleep because it's high amplitude, slow waves. When you, but then during arousal, what happens is that these relatively few subpopulations break up into many more subpopulations, all going at their different, uh, at their different phases. So when you add those algebraically, you have relatively low amplitude because they're all in different phases and lots of different, lots of different subdivisions. Uh, and when you add their phases uh, uh, algebraically over time, it looks like the, the, the frequency has increased because they're all out of phase with each other. But the point of that is that because um, each, each subunit has an optimal moment of processing of sensitivity to stimuli or to responses, that means that you have many more options for response and for, for sense, sensor, for awareness and response, if motor response, when aroused compared to during sleep or seizure. So the change in EEG from high amplitude slow waves, of course, with a seizure, it's ultra high uh, amplitude, ultra slow, and, you know, spikes and spikes and domes. You know, that's that's the uh, uh, that's the uh, extreme. But then during sleep, it's the high amplitude slow waves, uh, and during arousal, it's the low amplitude fast waves because. The whole idea is that a population of neurons is optimally sensitive to input and to output at different at particular phases of that of that activity pattern. So I think that really explains 
uh, the change in brain activity, uh, you know, from, from uh, showing that op is an optimal thing with the concept of, of um, a uh, 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 optimal sensory response and optimal motor response at particular phases of, of, a way, of, of an EEG pattern, of an EEG activity pattern. So that's what the rhythmicity is that the, the different subpopulations have their rhythmicity, like in the alpha rhythm uh, or, you know, in gamma where, you know, gamma is even uh, beta and gamma, it's even higher. It's even more uh, distributed. More diverse. More diverse, right. The great, so arousal is really a diversity. But not completely without order. It's just, there's a greater range of options. Like each one might have its time exactly. in a particular context. And this exactly. And, and, you know, he showed, and there were lots of studies and I reviewed a whole, you know, I published a whole paper on, on rhythmicity. There were lots of studies showing very, very elegant studies that he, he himself showed that uh, uh, during the, when he measured the alpha rhythm and he asked people to press a button um, uh, when um, uh, uh, he, he, he flashed a lot, he flashed a strobe light at various phases of the alpha rhythm. And he asked the people to press the button uh, as fast as they could when they saw the flash of light. And, you know, it was a, 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 just a strobe, a strobe uh, flash at various times, you know, seconds in between them. And what he found was that they pressed the button at a particular phase of the alpha of the alpha wave. In other words, there could be many alpha waves between su successive flashes, but whenever they pressed, they pressed it at a particular phase. And it was not, it was not randomly uh, uh, distributed in time. Oh. oh, it wasn't randomly distributed in time, but it was at a particular phase of the alpha. At, at an upstate. Or... It was uh, near the peak. Near the peak, and, and so this, um, uh, and who is doing this study? This is uh, Donald B. Lindsley. Donald B. Lindsley. Okay, I'd like to, a long time ago. I'd like to connect this to Lebet experiments. I wonder if like <clears throat> they're getting the same uh, co coincidence with alpha. Oh um, well, that could be interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I never really, I never really understand that exp Lebet's experiment. But uh, as consciousness occurring before awareness or some, some, something like that. But anyway. I've been working on a I, model that we can talk about later. Yeah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of evidence of that kind of thing. That, for example, that the um, evoked potential, um, the evoked visual potential from, from a flash of light uh, is greatest. The magnitude of the of the the amplitude of the evoked potential is greatest at the peak of alpha. If it coincides with peak endogenous alpha, exactly. Which so, means that the alpha, you know, again, it's that, and that's on a purely sensitive. That's on a purely sensory uh, phenomenon because it's it's just the measuring the the flash of light in the cortex, in the visual cortex. So if I'm uh understanding here it's like you're getting this um hierarchical building of 
I guess I would say like uh, balanced order and diversity. And so you're describing like at um, maybe the uh, at the maybe the most extreme would be uh, like uh, epileptiform activity, where you're getting um, maximal synchrony, maximal order, uh, very large amplitude events because everything is coordinated. But the, but there's no diversity. Everything's synchronized, but there's no diversity within it, and exactly. so there's not anything to respond. It's just one thing. And, and you were mentioning also like a kind of um, almost like a window of communication almost, but where it's like, um, if you're too ordered, you can't listen. You only hear yourself. If you're in this like highly ordered regime of like, let's say like an epileptiform discharge or everything's just forming the synchronous complex. But this internal signaling is so strong. If it's too strong, you can't, nothing is coming in from the outside. Nothing's impacting it. Well, it's maybe, just it's coming, maybe it's coming in, but the motor system is ready, is not ready, ready to respond. You know, so, but maybe it's only coming in once every uh -huh. long interval, uh, you know, long intervals between whenever something is coming in and uh -huh. you can't, you know, so there's no uh, uh, adaptive response capability. So there's both fewer listening windows and exactly. a, a reduced diversity of like of, sensitive of receiver operator. Exactly, cells. exactly. But then as you start to um, get a little bit more um, meaningful activity, like some sort of- uh, diverse. Di diverse. Diverse, yeah. Diverse activity in the- Diverse, diverse subgroups of uh, responsive units in the brain. So you're getting a little bit more diversity in slow wave sleep um, at these like delta frequencies, but it, it's, um, and, and so they were, they're high amplitude and that they're decent sized populations like relative to like faster rhythms in terms of the numbers that are in sync. But you're also saying that it seems like they were still somewhat sparse compared to something like a seizure. Exactly, exactly. And so, but then on top of that, you can build another hierarchical like, or another like level of fractal dimension where it's like, uh, if you're getting more uh, meaningful activity and responsiveness and, and, and maybe a different excitation inhibition balance, now you make room for something like uh, alpha frequencies. And so this would be like um, uh, somewhat smaller in magnitude, the, the waveform, well, it's not but that, more frequent. It's not that it's, it's not that it's smaller, it's that uh, there, there are more of them at different phases. That was the whole point of, of Lindsley's thing, that it's, yeah, each, of course, each, you, each sub, now they have many more subunits, all active, all responsive, and, uh, you know, a, a input at, or capable, like you said, the windows, uh, capable input and capable of output. They're all, they, the, all these, these subunits have these, this capability at some time or another, but they're out of phase with each other which means that you have many more uh, opportunities in time for a response, uh, uh, awareness and a response. So yes, the amplitudes are smaller, but it's only because you have many more all in different, at different time, at different um, activity cycles. But the time you're also saying though, it's not just a greater spacing, 
but among the spacing, there's also something of a, uh, so having more synchronous events would give you more um, observations like, like send receive windows, but uh, there's also potentially, potentially importantly, like uh, a diversity within like, let's say the alpha band of like when the peaks occur. So it's like the spacing is not like pure 10 Hertz or pure, it's like, it's moving within this range, but it's also within that range. It's just- No, but, uh, but I, think the, I think the important thing is to compare Delta to alpha huh. because the amplitudes in alpha are smaller, but they're much more diverse in phase. They're smaller because there are more of them all out of phase with each other. But there, but the vari but the variance of the peaks is greater in alpha. It's not just that there's more like there's more opportunities, but but there's a a greater variance. Like if you look at the distribution of alpha over time yeah, compared to like delta, delta in the entire brain, um, uh, more variance within the alpha. Not sure if that's the case. I don't know if that's that's not. It wasn't the point it was that where in the delta you had say uh three uh, windows per second now in the alpha you have 10 windows per second so a delta three like that would be like an, an rodent, correct like because so, no, during sleep during sleep but I, you said three I know like some people might like consider that to be one like to the beginning. Would that be like the beginning of would that be the beginning of theta? Like where would you distinguish between no, theta? No, theta is four to seven, but I mean so you say four could... is theta proper. Yeah. And, um, and the human too. Yeah. Four to seven. Uh, I mean in, in rats, I think it can it goes up to about nine. It goes for about it's usually around seven to nine. But um if they're very, if they're very, if they're exploring very, very vigorously, it goes up to nine per second. But the idea is that I don't see. I don't know if it's the variability within the alpha. The alpha itself is variability. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Compared to delta, which it's is emerging. It's faster and smaller because of the variability of the processes that give rise to it. Exactly. Exactly. Because I guess I was getting a little diversity. What I was getting a little hung up on the the, the variation um, across uh, um, upstates. I was wondering if, for instance, like let's say, like you're saying, like you respond more like a flash of light, light if it's in, in a peak. But there's some um, this uh, like uh, was it the Nyquist sampling theorem or something like this, like to, in order to get like a good um, sampling oh. of any rhythmic process, you have to sample at yeah. least twice. However. Apparently, you can cheat this if your sampling is stochastic, somewhat stochastic, and you're not just sampling at like a perfect rhythmic phase for the rhythmic oh. thing. You can get away with far fewer samples. So I was wondering, like, yeah, there was actually there was a um, a very clever study by Harder and White, in which what they did and they published that in Science. That was in 1975, I think. It was really a very impressive study. What they did was they flashed they flashed the strobe at if I remember correctly it was thirty three per second and they measured the alpha wave in the humans 
And what they, but what they did was they, they, uh, they applied a train of, of strobe flashes at the rate of 33 per second, but for a half second or a quarter second. So the train, they only, the train length was, let's say to make it easy, uh, let's say the train length was, uh, um, half a second. Okay, at 33 per second. So that means that there were 16, 16 strobe flashes. And what they did, they asked the people, how many flashes did you see? And what, and the, so the, if the, if the train length was half a second, the, 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 uh, uh, the, the alpha going at say 10 per second, that means that they gave 33 stroke, 33 flashes while there were five alpha waves. And the people said that they, uh, they saw, it was uh, something like, the, it, what it turned out was that they, basically they only saw about two flashes during any alpha wave. So if they, if they had three alpha waves, they said they saw six flashes. They could count, you know, they can't, they couldn't count 10, but so they never, in other words, if they never said that they saw, they, there were, there were 30, there were 16 flashes in a half second, but they never said that they saw 16 flashes. We're saying a little they like said two. They saw five, five or six. They, they said five or six during a half second. During a half second. So it had so, to, so basically they're only seeing it when like they're counting it based on the upstates of alpha. Exactly. And that it has to actually point. correspond to it and be within that window. So they might drop a few if they it's dropped, not arriving. They dropped them when it wasn't near the peak uh -huh. of the alpha. So, so you know, uh -huh. if they did it for a quarter of a second, you know, they only saw three or four flashes, even though, uh, you know, there were eight flashes shown, they only saw a few, uh, you know, a few, but they said that, you know, they're not rhythmical. They just saw these flashes. So that's, in other that's words, the direction I was trying to move into because I was wondering, that, like this, like so, variability and like the uh, the sampling from the environment. That's and what, right. Like, they're sampling. Sleep, you don't need to be sensitive. You don't want to be sensitive. That's You're right. like it's endogenous. Well, except, except uh, unless you to wake, wake up. up if you hear a baby yeah. crying. Yeah, like unless it's an emergency. Yeah, but otherwise, like you well, want not like an emergency. Yeah. Just yeah. certain things come through. I, uh, my friend Norm Adler uh, did a study in rats. Uh, where he played ultrasounds of the, uh, he, he recorded the uh, sound of pups squeaking in ultrasound. Uh, That'll be a high bandwidth channel. Play, what? That'll be a high bandwidth channel. You want to keep that right. one open. Yeah. And then he yeah. played that to the maternal rats when they were sleeping. And they woke right up. Let that through. Make sure that can yeah, like get through other, the blockade. Other, other, other sounds, even of higher intensity, didn't wake them up. I noticed you skipped though from delta to alpha over theta. Um, is there a well, like? Is there a different principle at play that like? No, made you I, no. As a matter of fact, I've done. I've done. I did uh, one study that I really uh, I feel very proud about, based on this with theta. Um, 
that uh, we we recorded we um, uh, I recorded the uh, the theta in rats, trained them to press a lever for food, and um, uh, so they and it was ad lib. They could press the lever whenever they wanted, but I was recording the the theta continuously, and what I found was that and we we. Um, uh, we had the, uh, the, the switch from the from the pedal uh, synchronized uh, um, on the same on the same uh, timeline as the as the theta, and it turned out. And my my null hypothesis was that they're going to press the 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 lever at random phases of the theta. That was a null hypothesis. In mm -hmm. other words, they would press it independent of what the theta rhythm is. Uh, uh, they would press it at any time. It turned out that there was highly significant that they pressed the lever at, at the peak of the theta and they released the, the lever at the valley of the theta. We published that. It was really striking that the moat that the, the the initiation occurred at a different phase, it, it occurred not randomly in time, but definitely it was a highly significant. Uh, initiation and maintenance or would you say like the maintenance comes maintenance, for free just, what it would you say the maintenance comes for free so it's like you're pushing down the lever didn't come for free didn't come for free it didn't come for free unless unless that's the reaction time or something you know uh, it just happened to be that way uh, it, maybe i guess what, what i'm wondering is is it like so as you're going into upstate this is initiating like the push but then yeah. so i guess what i'm wondering is is it like to the degree you're getting this theta coherence, this theta orchestration, you're able to maintain it. And then as that attracting state goes away, you just take your hand up, or is it kind of like at the peak state, some sort of ballistic process takes part place? Yeah, I don't, I, it could be either one. It could be, that's what I mean. Uh -huh. It could be ballistic in the sense that it's an invariable amount of time until they release the, the lever. You know, it's just sort of a ballistic pattern uh, but um, that's what happened. I mean, it was we we had a, we got a significance of when they pressed, a significant phase relationship uh, when they pressed, and it's and a significant phase relationship when they released the lever. Even mm -hmm. though there were many seconds, there could be many seconds in between successive lever presses, and of course many uh, intervening theta waves. So the same exact principle. Uh, holds for the theta, at least in the rats. Hmm. And of course, you know, the, the earlier study that I did with the correlational study uh, that this was based on uh, was that the sniffing behavior, uh, you know, the vibrissa twitch and the inhalation are synchronized with the theta, with individual theta waves. They all go at seven per second. And when they really get into, when they when the rats really get into intense exploratory behavior, uh, and, and what I mean by intense exploratory behavior is they're standing at either, uh, mainly when they were standing at the edge of the table, looking over the edge and not, you know, just sniffing the air, looking over, you know, it looked like they're trying to decide what to do that's when we got the highest amplitude theta, the highest amplitude, most regular theta. 
also under these conditions of some uncertainty. And so it seems like well, the theta is indicating uncertainty, either uncertainty, but but uh, so, not only uncertainty, but uh, looking like they're make, trying to make a decision. And trying also to uncertainty that you want to resolve for yeah, the sake of action. And, and the other time, the other time we got the maximum amplitude and regularity of the theta was when they were standing up uh, on their hind legs against the wall, you know, sniffing the uh, the top of the cage. But they might also be doing a kind. Okay, so if I'm understanding the theta, the evidence is suggesting is this um, coordination of action, including active sampling of the environment to exactly. forage for information. So if you're like sniffing, that's kind of action. If you're using your vibrissae with like your little uh, blind person canes, that's exactly. a kind of action. And also, if you're sniffing uh, like up top, it's so you're trying to get this information it's of higher yeah, value information and tactile inform information jointly because the sniff and this and the the vibrissa uh, uh sweep uh, sweep going forward generates tactile in input from the from the uh from the floor from the from the surface so it's generating tactile input simultaneously with the olfactory input that has to be like the strongest source of entrainment an animal could get almost like you're getting yeah. like all of the like like from the whisker barrel areas like all the bris at the same phase coherently with this with or the, at, at some link yeah. at some linked phase relationship with the olfactory input and at the same time cross modal but not just any modality but like olfactory with like it's hard line like two amygdala hippocampus like it's coming in yeah, right very it, centrally it, it's, it's all the it's, same it's correlational you make the difference between a piece of food and a, and a rock it, it, it just seems like the mind has to be built on top of this like this that's has right. to be that's, like a dominant attractor right right this is the starting place this has to be right. the starting not place. Only, not only that but when they're really getting into it the heartbeat is going at exactly the same rate they're all they're all seven per second yet so yes yeah, so, so we're talking and about the heart like, the heart you know, I, this is wonderful, wonderful study by by Satchel in Dogfish Shark that uh, they she showed that uh, the the shark uh, takes a gulp of water into its mouth at the same rate at the same, but at a slightly different phase that the heart beats. And that the tail swings, all one to one, so one to one relate, one to one ratio. That the gulp of water coming over the gills, the there's a, she calculated that the the rate of flow over the gills, is precisely synchronized with the rate of blood flow through the gills. So it's getting optimal oxygenation. By taking the gulp of water. It's passing the oxygen passing the oxygenated water passing over the gills and the heart and the blood flowing through the gills. It's getting optimal oxygen input. You have this constraint for trying to establish as much optimality as you can in movement and swimming. Because if you're not a good swimmer, you're not going to last long. But and, now this is a constraint on and, your sampling from the environment. This is a and constraint the, on and the swimming movement. The swimming movement, the whole bodily uh, uh, swipe from side to side is at the same rate 
as the gulp and the heart rate. So there, that's like a little robot of energy optimi optimize, optimization for movement because it's getting the oxygen to the blood, the oxygen into the blood to the muscles of the body, the whole body to swim. So like a, like a little, little machine, like a little so, damn robot. So this is a wild one. Um, to what degree would you say that this requirement for like um, harmonious or like harmonic functioning mechanically, to what degree did that require or scaffold a rhythmic neural syntax? To what degree was it the meaning? Scaffolded it. I love that word. That's yeah. a great word. It's it's the it's it's the primordial. Uh, you know, first you have to have the you have to have the optimal energy machine, like in the shark. Where you get the the oxygen, the blood flowing to the muscles, the oxygen delivered to the muscles, so you get the optimal movement. In the rat, uh, the the uh, you have the uh, the air coming in synchronized with the heart. That's getting oxygen into the brain, and but it's also doing the processing, the the uh, cognitive processing of the environment. So. You know, building so the maximal the, flux of blood into the brain, you coordinate this with the sniff also, so that the with, oxygen with is the there. With the sniff and the with the with not only the well, the sniff is bringing olfactory uh -huh. information, but it's also bringing air. It's so you oxygen. want the mag? Yes. If you're going to be forcing blood through the brain, you want this to coincide with good oxygenation. Otherwise, exactly. You're, you're, and you're if nasty. you want uh -huh. optimal processing, you want uh -huh. the, you want the neurons to be optimally uh, functioning. So they get their uh, optimal oxygen from the sniff and they're getting the, the olfactory and the tactile input to make the decision. So it got the whole brain doing just the right thing. The whole body is doing the right, is optimizing decisions. You know, they have a relatively small brain. You, you, you can't afford to, well, I mean, they, it doesn't always work. I'm saying that is the, the, uh, the, when they when they really have to make a decision, like like are they going to jump off the table, or are they going to jump up or out of the cage? You know, at, when they're standing up or they're leaning over, they're at a a, a a decision point. You know, the the little animals are making a decision. You know, if they're just run if they're running along, they're running along the table. There's no theta. That's talk about ballistic. That's just ballistic. But when they get to the edge of the table and they look over the edge, that's where the theta starts. You know, so it's it's um, so they they have so of course they can they can they don't always have the theta when they make. I mean, they can they can the 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 the, the synchrony is not always optimal. It's not always this beautiful thing. It's only at the at the extremes. Uh, that's when you see that beautiful synchrony. Otherwise, you know, it's relative. It's like uh, relative oscillators, uh, relative phase uh, linking. Oh, it's eleven fifty-five. I'm going to get a phone call in five minutes. Okay, so um, we have to continue this next week. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to be. Okay, so I like where we're heading. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is this is something I've been thinking about forever. You know, it's it's um, ever since I made the uh, uh, I was in Jim Old's lab, uh, you know, uh, 
trying to see if I can correlate neural activity with uh, with behavior. That's what he asked me to come out and look at look at to, you know, listen to the neurons firing and see if I, if if I can see what the animals are doing, um, if there's any correlation. Um, and I noticed that there's this terrible artifact when they're sniffing, you know, and it, it's the this, uh-huh. it's it's interfering the the facial. The facial movements, the sniffing movements are interfering with the hippocampal theta. Might have you know, been the I, golden thread, that artifact. That's right. That's right. I, you know, so I, then I realized that, wait a minute, this is the limbic system, the olfactory brain, the theta rhythm is synchronized with the sniffing. Um, I got so excited that night when I made that observation. That's a whole story. Uh, I went to the, uh, I went to the cafeteria at midnight with my notebook at, at uh, uh, University of Michigan, uh, w- where I was working with him that summer. And, uh, and I was writing and, you know, writing notes and, and the night watchman came over to me and he said that, you see that sign over there, buddy? I said, what sign? He said, go take a look at that sign. And the sign said, there's no reading or writing in the school cafeteria after midnight. He said, it's after midnight. And you're reading or writing in the school cafeteria. I said, "There's nobody here. It's this, you know, this giant cafeteria, the capacity of 500 people. There's nobody here. I'm, I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just sitting here writing my notes for your own he good. Said, <laughs> you better stop it, buddy." And uh, he said, "Or I'm going to call the cops." But it would have been for and the then, rest of ours good. Yeah. What? It was, maybe it was, it was tr- supposed supposed to be for your own good, maybe. But I'm glad oh, you yeah, did right. it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I found out why they said that, but uh, anyway, uh, so he called the cops and, uh, and they arrested me. That is, that is dedication Arbor, to science. The Ann Arbor police arrested me for writing in my lab notebook at night after midnight. <laughs> the next morning, Olds told me I was crazy. Don't mess with the Ann Arbor police. And uh, they and, and I found out that the reason from the from the dean, I found out the reason why they have that sign is that they, if 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 they let students uh, read or write in the school cafeteria after midnight, then they'd all leave the library and come over to the cafeteria. That's okay. why I have the sign. That made a lot of sense. <laughs> okay, so it, it was less looking out for the students than I thought. Okay. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, I really, I'm going to get this call at noon. Okay, so. So, um, we thank you. Let's, same uh, time? let's keep going. Guys. Same time same next time, week. Same time, same station. Okay. Yeah. Take okay. care. Take care, Ann. Bye.